Our mission has been to find the prophesied one. Mission accomplished, baby. It's said that he will have the Necronomicon explored us and... <coughs> and only together can evil be banished from this world forever. Mm. <clears throat> About that, um, hypothetically, um, what if... What if I didn't have the book? You don't have the book? I said hypothetically. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, it's true. Listen up, you screwheads. You're listening to the Evil Dead Cast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Richard. This is the Evil Dead Cast, episode 32. Chris is on vacation. Hey, Chris. Tracker. Hope it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. What did he say it was? Is it, is it like Good Friday or something? Oh, is it Good Friday? I think it, oh, well, yesterday was. Yeah, I think it was a Good Friday weekend. He's in L.A. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, let's get into our Deadcast Top 3. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, 3, 2. Asphalia Soul! Asphalia Soul! All right, it's our Top 3 highlights for Season 3, Episode 6, Trapped Inside. Before we do the top three, what did you think of the episode overall? Uh, all right. I'm going to start by saying I don't like where this is headed with the Kelly Kia thing. How come? And Kaya. Kaya. Kelly and Kaya okay. thing. Kaya, I, well, I mean, how are they going to bring back Kelly? She's dead. They killed her. I was they like, can, what the hell? <laughs> they can do anything they want on this show. Yeah, I know, but it's going to have to be good because you know yeah. I don't want to be lost. I, I, I can do the whole thing, but I don't want I don't want them to pull me out of that fantasy when I'm watching it. Just when I was starting to really dig the character of Kelly too, I was like, "Geez, I got good timing." <laughs> I mean, I think it was uh, was it last episode when Kelly and Pablo kissed, and I think it was Chris who was like, "Oh, maybe they're just you know teasing us, and one of them's going to get killed off." And we were yeah. like, no way. And now I'm like, I still don't think so, but oh my God, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I knew it was going to end badly when she showed up to fight Ruby by herself too. I was like, what I are know, you doing? I know. Ruby is like so much bigger than her. I Jesus mean, Christ. and you know, we've seen some, uh, we've seen Ruby kick ass for sure. But yeah. I think in this episode, she seems even stronger than normal for one thing. I mean, actually we're going right into my number three, which is the Kelly Ruby fight. And, uh, yeah. the way she kind of healed herself, like Wolverine healing factor on speed, yeah. um, made her seem really powerful, you know? And I guess the only time we've ever really seen her hurt is when she was killed the other version of Ruby by the Kandarian dagger, which Kelly had. So that, that made it. So there was at least some stakes here. Cause if Kelly would have just stabbed her in the head or something, I think that would have been the end of her. Yeah. But I mean, overall though, you know, this episode, I think I liked it a little better the second time I watched it, but the first time it wasn't my favorite. It just, mm. the, the, <laughs> the plot is so convoluted this year that, and, and it seems like a lot of the episodes are being taken up with all that stuff. And, I don't know. It was it was it was good. I mean, it's always good, but it just wasn't my favorite. It had a lot of action. Yeah. 
I think a lot of the viewers agree with you too. I've been reading some comments online and they're all the same. You know, it's not as funny as it used to be. It's getting too dark. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're I well, like... concentrating more on the story, I guess. Or you Yeah. Know, the yeah, they are. Yeah. And I, I don't mind dark as long as um, it's, you know, if I'm really like freaking out over something, that's fine. But if I'm bored, that's not good. Yeah, and Ash had some pretty good lines in this one. Yeah. You I was did. laughing. Well, wait, so let's talk a little bit more about Ruby and Kelly. So um, I thought the fight was actually pretty good. And the way it started with Kelly walking in with her shotgun and just blasting away, that was pretty dramatic. Yeah. Shocking. (laughs) And then I thought it was pretty awesome the way the camera went right through Ruby's eye hole out the back of her head. (laughs) That was cool. (laughs) That was pretty creative. And Kelly's all, all right, you she-devil fuck, let's go. So it was kind of, yeah, fun to see Kelly just being her badass self. And you know what I really like, too, is uh, Kelly mentioned to Ruby that Evil murdered her mom, and she watched a fork go through her father's skull. And it was just good to be reminded that she has a, a plenty of reason to be pissed off and you know motivated to do something about it. Yeah. So it was good to call back to that, to remember that episode, which is only the second episode of the whole series, but also just to um, to, ha- to give a character a, a real motivation like that, I think is always good for the show. Right. After all this time, mm-hmm. she's pissed. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when you think about it, Ruby is really the one who's at fault for all this because she wrote the book that's letting all the evil into the world. Yeah, I know. So it makes sense for Kelly to want to finish Ruby off. But um, maybe she shouldn't have gone by herself. <laughs> oh, not by herself. Uh-uh. All right. What about all the like body parts of what about the grenade and all that? What did you think of that? Yeah, the grenade was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I thought it was. A, I mean, if you can call it a pleasant surprise, but it, you know, the whole thing, too, it sets the state. It just shows how hard it's going to be to defeat Ruby by, you know, for the ghost beaters and anybody that takes her on. She's tough, man. <laughs> The ghost beaters. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, also, um, I don't think they want to kill Lucy Lawless off the show either. So, uh, I mean, really, you know, if y- y- the way to defeat Ruby is to kill her with that dagger, yeah. you know, that's like her kryptonite, but even worse. She's going to make it to the end of the show. Yeah, which may be a few more episodes. Oh, I know. You mentioned earlier that the opening scene was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. I agree. I, I wrote something down about that. You're, you're used to characters in TV shows explaining what they're going to do before they do it, you know? And Kelly just walking up and shooting Ruby yeah. like without saying anything seemed like really terrifying, like, like, like how it would happen in real life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want to do. If you, if you want, if you really want to get revenge on somebody, don't sit there and give them a chance to get out of it. Just exactly. Finish them off. And then just the last kind of thing around this is, uh, well, there's a couple things. Yes. Kelly got stabbed with the dagger and that was really dramatic. And, uh, and even though anytime anyone dies anymore on the show, I think they're probably going to be back, especially with the whole time travel. It was still like, Oh my God, look at that. Yeah. I was sad when the camera was panning back and you saw the pool of blood Mm -hmm. growing her hair all around her. Yeah. Uh, no, not <laughs> Kelly. And then of course it's like, uh Oh, you know, what's coming next. Yeah. And I had, I think I guessed that Kaya might go into Kelly and she did. And Ruby said she wants Kaya to drive Ash's daughter over the edge. So 
my I think that probably means that Kelly might try to turn Brandy against Ash. Yeah, I think she's going to. So yeah, that's it for that one. What what was your number three? My number three was the Knights of Samaria. Okay. <laughs> they sucked. I know. <laughs> they show up all <laughs> wide-eyed. All right, let's go. We're going to go into the rift and fight evil. And then they just get decimated immediately. Yeah. And the one that's, that's left awesome. is like, they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's cool. That's good writing, I thought. I like yeah, that yeah, they, so, yeah. they, were rev- they were revered uh, to be in Ash's presence, you know. But at the same time, they kept looking at him like, what? Is this guy really the chosen one? <laughs> He's lighting up doobie. Yeah. drinking beer carrying all the shit around in a in a duffel bag yeah he's like offering him a six pack while he's driving let's get wasted you guys are a drag <laughs> you guys are lame <laughs> then they all and then in the basement they all get their asses handed to him you know yeah the actress did a good job uh, i don't remember what her name was you know the the one lady in the group she did a good job of summing it all up with her reaction you know you can study it all you want you can read the book all you want but when the shit hits the fan you can't how can you be prepared for something like that you can't handle it who could there's only one guy that could ash jolene williams <laughs> <laughs> joanne oh is it joanne i think so maybe it's Oops. joanna i forgot anyway some girl name that starts with J. yeah <laughs> yeah they're they're very unprepared no, I don't think they've had any experience with any of this. You know, that reminds me of uh, Brandy because initially at the beginning of the episode, I thought Brandy was going to go into battle with Ash, you know, but uh-huh. then Ash just leaves without her. And I was like, what's he doing? But then on the other hand, I was like, well, that's probably right. I mean, it's a little too soon, I think, to bring Brandy into it. She's like, she's she's too green, you know, she'd probably freak out and get killed or something like that, like the Knights did. Yeah. But she's on his side now, and uh, you, if, if Ash was smart, which he isn't, he would probably either tell her to go as far away from him as possible. Although, no, he knows now that um, the, the evil has an interest in her. So I guess yeah. it is good to keep her close by and try to protect her, which is what he does at the end of the episode. I, I almost thought yeah. that was a little strange. I'm going to go protect my daughter. You guys take care of this. But uh, anyway, then he should be training her. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah, he should be training her. Yeah. Because I mean, we now we know that she's going to be dragged into it regardless. Right. Because Kelly's there at the house now, too, at the end. Yeah. And even if he's not saying, I want you to go actively fight, he should at least be training her just in case she, she gets dragged into it, which she, we know she will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My number two is the lore and the plot. There's a couple of things. Like we've said, it's like a lot plot heavy lately so first off we were kind of speculating about the lost pages and when this knights of samaria girl sees the pages she says the lost pages of the necronomicon ash goes don't get too excited the last girl who read those ended up with a dagger in her back and so that just confirms that these are the same pages that they were going around in Evil Dead to trying to bring together so that they could open the rift and send the evil back through the rift. And we saw that Annie Noby was reading those and then Ash's possessed crazy hand stabbed her in the back and she finished reading the last couple words and then the rift opened up and Ash and everything else flew back in and went into the medieval times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So uh, that's kind of cool to make that that connection. And then even in this episode, when he she mentions that he he has a little flashback where you see him falling down into medieval time. Remember when we first saw that? Like I hadn't really been paying close enough attention watching Evil Dead Two to catch the little clues that Ash was already in the book as the prophesied one or whatever. And oh, so it just totally right. came out of left field. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> but he was in there with his chainsaw up above his head. Yeah. No, no. Just when he like flew through the rift and ended up in medieval times and all these knights were looking over his head and his car fell down too. Mm -hmm. I, I was just, it just, I mean, you couldn't have come up with a more unexpected ending. Like if he had, know what to say like if you ended up on <laughs> mars or something <laughs> yeah or in the future fighting giant robots yeah man i want to see that so then i'm just trying to figure out what the knights of samaria are trying to do and this knights of samaria girl tells ash that if he shows them the writing that the original knights of samaria guy gary who was killed by brock left on the cellar wall they might be able to end evil for good and so i'm sort of like well what what is, what is that writing they say it's a translation of the lost pages that he might have left for them to find but he already had the lost pages and they have yeah. them now so why do they need to see what he wrote right. and i mean i can understand why they would want to have ash there because you really need to open the rift and and have ash but even those words, they said it was a translation, but it didn't even seem like a translation because they needed Pablo to read them. So they were already not translated. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like the plot's even more convoluted and just crazy. crazy. I don't. Totally yeah, know I had questions about that, too. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe he was just he was stuck down there in that cellar by himself, had nothing to do. So he just wrote it on the wall. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. What else are you going to do? Yeah, uh, Occam's but, Razor, the simplest explanation is the best, you know? Part of me thinks the writers are just kind of making this shit up as a go I along. know. That kind of <laughs> makes sense, right? Let's get yeah, to the yeah. beheadings. I mean, really, like you, you've mentioned it before, it's just a vehicle to put in some cool scenes and fights <laughs> yeah. and some funny lines. But they're working so hard to make all these little details that... I'm, I don't... I just don't know. Okay, so anyway, the last part of this is why open... Why open a rift? In Evil Dead 2, the rift was there to suck the evil back into this other dimension. But now it seems like they want to open it to go in and fight them. And they said, the Knights of Samaria girl said it was their mission to find the prophesied one. Mission accomplished, baby, said Ash. And then he'd have the Necronomicon, Ex Mortis, and he's all... <coughs> and then yeah. only together can the evil be banished from this world forever so it sounds like oh they want to get ash and the book and banish the evil but then it's then later the girl the knights of samaria girl says if gary found a way to open the rift then you ash can enter the other realm and lead us in eternal battle against evil so that sounds like the way to banish evil from our world forever is for ash to be fighting it forever in this other realm which they call the deadlands yeah which sounds really hard. And Ash even says that, Hey, you know, that sounds like a ball, but I don't really do the eternal thing. Yeah. I'm 50 <laughs> years old. <laughs> God, that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hell. So, Jesus uh, Christ. anyway, and why are, 
Ruby and Kaya, why are they so... They're, they, you know, they're like, oh, the rift is open. We got to do what we're going to do fast. Are mm-hmm. they worried about Ash getting in there or they no. have... Well, I think what they said is that somehow Kaya... Well, first off, I think this is the first time we've heard Ruby... Uh, heard it said that Ruby used Kaya to exile the other Dark Ones. Oh, right. Um, but then Kaya tells Ruby that the Dark Ones know about the Rift and they are going to use it to get out. So apparently, even though they know about it, it takes a while to get there or something like that. So Ruby wants to prevent that from happening so that they don't come out and take revenge on her for trapping oh, okay. them there, I think. Yeah, I don't think I caught that. I was, but maybe I did and just didn't realize it because I was like, "What are they in such a hurry for?" Yeah, because they don't seem that they don't seem that concerned about Ash when they probably should be after right. all that he's done. Well, the other part of it is, you know, it opens up and we see this like gremlin-like cocoon with toddler Ash growing inside. Yeah. We assume, and Ruby says, once that idiot Ash Williams is dead, you and I will go on to immortal glory. So I think she has two goals. One is to make sure the Dark Ones don't get out of the rift, but the other one is to turn Brandy against Ash, I guess, and have her kill him. And then uh, somehow the prophesied one mantle will move over to this uh, spawn that they have, and she can use that mm. to take over the world. Jeez. <laughs> It is getting dark. It is, yeah. That's I, I don't mind. I like that. I mean, it's still funny too, but not as. Yeah. Well, good job on summarizing it. I didn't catch a lot of that stuff. <laughs> I think I think that's about right. I'm sure the listeners and listeners in the feedback this week actually have some good stuff answering one of the questions that we had before. So that's awesome. We got more listener yeah. feedback this week than we've ever had. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. yeah well, there's more to talk about than just. Uh, you know, vaginas and bowling balls and <laughs> right. Even though that's <laughs> our favorite and corpses, yeah, yeah. If you guys just want to write about a sperm and stuff, that's fine too. <laughs> sperm, that's right. <laughs> okay, what's your number one? Number one was uh, was the Kelly's death and the return of Kaya. Not because it was the best moment of the episode, because it was the worst. I thought, yeah, brought about. No, it it was it brought about emotions in me that I'm just not used to, man. <laughs> emotions in me that are not of the normal kind for the show. <laughs> I'm looking forward to to how if they do bring her back, yeah. you know how they're going to bring back Kelly at the end. If maybe they're not, maybe, maybe she's not. just going to be a sacrifice. You know, I can't see the Ghost Beaters preparing for battle in the boss fight that we're all waiting for. Minus Kelly, she's got to be there. Yeah. I also realized when the camera was panning back and you could see the blood pooling around her body that the team hasn't been together for a few episodes now. Yeah. And I was actually looking forward to a reunion, which is spoiled. Right. Well, yeah, I know. And the thing, when they kill someone off like this, there's a part of me that's like, oh, no, man, I hope they find a way to bring her back so we can get everybody together because I like her a lot. And then there's another part that's like, oh, that if they do bring her back, then the more they do that, the more they kill people off and keep bringing them back, the less emotion we'll have when stuff goes wrong. You know, it's like that right, in comic yeah. books. They've killed off almost every comic book now character, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Iron mm. Man, all of them. And they all come back. And so yeah. now when a comic character dies, it's just a joke. It's like, Oh, I wonder when they're going to come back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
So it's not like that with Asher's Evil Dead yet. That's why it's got to be good. It's got to be good if they bring her back, Kelly. Yeah. Because you don't want it to be like, oh, what? I waited. I was so worried and I waited all that time for that. (laughs) Okay. My number one is just the action in the basement. And I do, I really like anything having to do with going into some unknown dimension that has evil inside or just darkness. And, and, and it was just like the worst possible thing that you could think would happen happened. The guy, the dude goes in for reconnaissance and comes out completely possessed and lethal and fucked up (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome and uh it was great the way they did it he asks for help up and then says we knights got to stick together and then just melds with that other dude into this the creature looked pretty good because it was just so mutated and the guy was like a second head and everything did you like that yeah i did and they had the dark the pitch black eyes yeah, that made it look freaky. And he kept, what did he keep saying? You're next, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that was creepy. But that was the chance for Ash to shine, show what he can do. <laughs> yeah. And I really liked that um, Pablo got the chainsaw and had a hard time starting it up. But once he did, he got one dismemberment in and then he got it stuck in like the support beam. And it's like, you know, he he did some damage, but no one wields that thing like Ash. Nope. Especially at the end when he does the pirouette. Yeah. Cuts its head off. Yeah, that was pretty freaking awesome. And that just ended the problem right there. He had some good lines, too. Oh, Power Ranger, tone it down, man. (laughs) Nobody's even watching. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best line. Because he said, whatever happens next, I promise Gary's death will not have been in vain. Yeah. (laughs) Gary, what an idiot. I know. What else? Oh, I just also wanted to mention in the basement that Pablo played a big part in it. You know, he got this premonition because now he has Brujo powers, which uh, actually that goes back to the very first episode when he mentioned his uncle is a Brujo. So they've, I think they've intended something like this from the beginning. But um, anyways, so he goes to the hardware store and it's only because of him that they're able to open this rift. So it's almost like, oh, was that a good thing that he was able to do that? (laughs) But, uh, you know, if he if it hadn't been for him, their mission would have been a failure in a different way, (laughs) in a way that left them all alive. But (laughs) that's a good point, because I was thinking after this episode, all the characters now had like a purpose. The reason that they've been in the show, right? Yeah. Because you got Ash, he's the prophesized one. You got uh, Pablo, who's now going to be like, you know, the translator, the guy who can get everybody between the two worlds. And now you find out what Kelly's purpose was for. She's the vessel for Kaya. For Kaya. Yeah, they're doing a pretty good job of using everybody. And that demon ripped that guy's head off and the spine came out too. That was gross. <laughs> yeah, the way the whole fight with in the basement with that guy I thought was pretty awesome. Good action. Yeah. Can't you just kill him, man? <laughs> then at the end, Ash says um, to the Knights of Samaria girl, you better hang on to those pages. And he goes, and Pablo, you got to find a way to shut down this demonic poop shoot once and for all. So <laughs> he wants to close it. 
and not go in there anymore. I, I don't know. I, I would love it if they would go in, but I don't know if the show would have the budget to do that justice or what, right. you know? I, do you think they're going to go in there? Well, they're going to have to at some point. That's kind of like, that, I think that's the finale. Yeah, I hope so. I want to see what's in there. We've never seen what's in there, right? I mean, I guess they went through the rift in Evil Dead 2 that led to another time and place, so maybe it'll be something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we never really seen what this other realm looks like. That's true. Well, it is time travel, so it could be anywhere, really. Yeah, but it but it seems like there's just another dimension where all the evil is, you know, and instead of a portal to another time on our planet, maybe it's a portal to a really fucked up place. Yeah. Like hell or something. Like ground zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's my number one. What about any other notes or lines or anything? Yeah. Did you, uh, did you buy what Ruby said to Kelly when she was talking about evil? She said, evil is power without fear without guilt and without pain. And I was like, really? So Superman's evil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, without fear, guilt or pain. I think if you think of that more psychologically, then um, Superman doesn't count because she's saying power that can, that can do anything without any consequences, Mm. like no, no guilt no emotional pain. Yeah. I guess he would feel guilty if he wiped out the earth. huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's basically what she was getting at. Like I can do whatever I want and I don't care. I don't think Batman would feel that bad though. (laughs) I I know he's, he's kind of a gray area guy. Yeah. But that was pretty cool when she said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. And then Kelly's like, don't you ever shut up? Um, I like the whole pop tart development. <laughs> yeah. He's like, she gives him a pop tart. You got to eat. And you know, your first thought is, Oh, Oh wow. How nice you're giving him a pop tart. And then it turns out he's like, Oh my God, this is so much better toasted. Toasted. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's drinking a beer with it. Beer yeah. Pop tarts. He drinks a-, a lot and smokes pot <laughs> often while driving. Yeah, they had beer cans all over that house this time. Yeah, and when they were trying to figure out where he went, Pavel's like, are you out of beer? No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then later, uh, Ash is like, my daughter's on Evil's shortlist, and she's the best cook this house has ever had. So she really impressed him by toasting that Pop-Tart. And then later, he's all, what's that smell? And she's all, Pop-Tarts, you want one? Does a Pope shit in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> and she's all, I'll make two. And he goes, toast it like last time. <laughs> an idiot. Uh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> what else? Um, what was with the box of stuff from Brujo? Did we know about that before? I don't remember. Um, yeah, I didn't really understand that either. He goes, he... Wh- he picked like two seeming, seemingly random items out of the box and was like, oh, wow, this, this really did happen. I don't really understand yeah. what he was talking about. Well, the mask was what the naked girl was wearing. Yeah, that was obvious. Yeah. And he was he was excited about that. The naked girl! Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if they pulled that 
if he pulled that from this like limbo dimension or was it sitting around from stuff he got from his uncle at some point? I didn't, I didn't totally get that. Yeah. Might've been just a keepsake box that he had. Yeah. So I guess that's all I got. I like what he said in the car. I, when he's talking about the book, I said, hypothetically, come on. Yeah. All right. I don't have the book. Ruby does. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 Bruce Campbell just knocked that one out of the park. The way he yeah. answered that. That was classic. <laughs> yeah. Ash right there. Totally. It's good. All right. Um, Oh yeah. And then just the only th- other thing I think, um, I, I think next week we're going to get more of, we're going to see how this uh, spawn has mutated, you know, right, yeah. out of his cocoon. Probably not going to be a kid anymore, huh? Yeah. Maybe full grown. Yeah. Who knows? Oh. All right, good. Well, let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. <laughs> All right, it's time for the news. I'm going to take over news uh, duty while Chris is on vacation. First and foremost, it's a happy birthday. To Lucy Lawless, she turned a sexy 50 years old last, uh, <laughs> what, March 29th? Nice. Yeah, so um, hard to believe, man. She looks good. She does. Yeah. So happy birthday, Lucy Lawless. Happy birthday. Uh, we got the ratings are in. The ratings are in from uh, the TV series finale.com. It's not looking good, guys. Mm. But we're halfway through the season now, and... It looks like Ash versus Evil Dead has a point zero eight for the eighteen to forty nine demo that translates to about one hundred and eighty two thousand viewers. Wow, I think that's the worst ratings of any show I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's it's almost a minus fifty percent change from last year, so people aren't tuning what in the anymore. Fuck, I'm not man. Sure why. People, why well, they're not tuning in to watch it on Stars is what I'm, what they're trying to say here. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I swear I heard that Netflix it's pretty popular on there. So maybe once you know what, maybe bringing it out on Netflix actually even made it worse because people who liked it and had like subscribed to Stars realized, oh, I'll just wait for it to come out on Netflix. Yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard that Netflix is like a show killer, actually. Yeah. And I mean, if only they could find, make a deal to just bring it over to Netflix. But from what Bruce said, Stars doesn't want to do that. There's something to be said about binge watching too. They just want to wait so they can binge watch the whole season at one time. Yeah. Yep. Ah. Uh, oh well. Oh well. We still got four more shows to go. Yeah. All right. From BloodyDisgusting.com, they have posted a behind-the-scenes video. Remember that kid? In the uh, Baby Ash versus Ash fight, they do a little behind-the-scenes uh, posting of, of that kid and his friends and how they got the poor kid to do all that stuff. <laughs> Not something you see every day. <laughs> During the fight, uh, Baby Ash literally crawls inside the body of a headless woman. 
pilot piloting her around in one of the most insane sequences we've yet seen on Ash versus Evil Dead, and that's saying something as the show is pretty yeah. consistently insane. On any how do show. they do it? Yeah, how do they get the kid to do all that? Find out with uh, the behind the scenes video. It's pretty cool. It wasn't just one kid. I'm sure you figured out by now. <laughs> yeah, I'll put a link in the um, podcast show notes for sure. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It's short, but it's cool. And they interview the little kid too. He's got a really thick. Uh, Australian accent. It was cute. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Instagram Brown, Instagram bound Tuesday, this last Tuesday, uh, Bruce Campbell took to both of his social media accounts to make the announcement that he would be focusing more on business for Twitter and Facebook. And Instagram is going to be his account of choice to contain his more personal postings for him. Mm. That would include pictures from his notable lollygagging adventures, as well as other assorted surprises uh this interesting move comes on the heel of the actor making various announcements that he wants to slow down if ash versus evil dead is not renewed for a fourth season the feedback from his fans has been mostly positive but of course there are some that are annoyed that he's moving to another platform and they have to add another social media feed on their phones Aww. with the f- future of the series up in air this is another way to keep uh keep up with bruce and see what he's doing in between projects I got to get on there. I'm on Instagram, but I don't really use it that much. But it seems yeah. to get more and more popular. It's popular with the kids. I know yeah. that. From uh, 1428elm.com. I don't know if you guys have seen Burn Notice. Uh, it was a great show. It was one of my favorites, of course. Uh, Bruce Campbell has a big part in it. As Sam Axe, the show is about a spy who gets burned and he he uh, helps out this spy because he himself was an ex-spy too, or an ex-Navy SEAL who spends a great, great deal of time drinking mojitos and being a boy toy for rich Miami widows and divorcees. Uh, he's drinking Tommy Bahamas all the time. Uh, he's got the Hawaiian shirts. He's totally laid back. It's It's cool. It's like what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> Inevitably, he uses a, the moniker of Chuck Finley, and he was uh, he was interviewed about that. He The reason behind it was because Sam successfully bet on the pitcher Chuck Finley in the show numerous times and won, so he considered it to be a lucky name. And during a recent trip to Ireland, right after his uh, London showing, to promote his best-selling book, Hail to the Chin, Bruce appeared at the Irish Film Institute and during an app open fan forum, he was asked if he found it difficult to remember his famous uh, moniker. And he said, my dad knew a guy named Chuck Finley for some reason. So it was a really easy name to remember on the show. Uh, it's great in restaurants. Chuck Finley, party for two. It's fun to hear. And then went on to tell an amusing anecdote about a specific time he used the moniker. If you go to Universal Studios and take the E.T. ride, you can put your name in so E.T. can say goodbye to you at the end of the ride. And he said, goodbye, Chuck Finley. You got to kick out of that. <laughs> From fan sided, now it's dark. So, starting with episode six, the script is flipped and the tone is getting darker. This was uh, an opinion article on a website dedicated to horror. The idea of the mini movie feel is definitely not going away. While there's still some one liners here and there, there aren't as prevalent as they were in the first half of the series. There will be blood, perhaps more blood than ever before on a grand scale. Even Ash has changed. In the beginning, he was having to adjust to being a father. Not quite sure how to balance raising a teenage daughter with being a responsible adult, but he was definitely flailing. 
Hard to believe Ash is transforming into a person who is less about the needs of one and more about the needs of another. Bruce Campbell himself has repeatedly said that he's fixing Ash. What he's done with a role that he has played for nearly 40 years is layer him with an innate sense of destiny. The veneer gets stripped away and what we see is a man who is like everyone and yet like no one. As with any epic that's coming to an end, certain sacrifices have to be made and they will be heart-wrenching. Oh, no! <laughs> God, I hope they're not talking about Kelly. Now, only with the medal of a man be tested, but so will the medal of fans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in this episode, he says uh, to the Knights of Samaria, hey, this Kemosabri already has a Tonto. And so he's like fully, I mean, we already knew this, but he's just fully accepted that his sidekick is Pablo, which is <laughs> yeah different than, you know, when we first met him in the series, he was a loner. Remember Lone Wolf? <laughs> And lastly, um, there's a Japanese company out there called Kotobukiya, Kotobukiya, and they have brought a handful of iconic horror characters into their line of Bishuo, which translates to beautiful girl statues. Yeah, they've been turning male horror icons into sexy females, kicking off the line with Freddy Krueger, Jason <laughs> Voorhees, and even Chucky. Ash from Evil Dead 2 is next. And I got to tell you, I got a picture of it here, and it is pretty damn sexy. <laughs> you see, if you go to comic, you know, uh, conventions, you'll see some pretty cute ash wielding, you know, chainsaw wielding women walking around sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I saw mm -hmm. a few last time. <laughs> Uh, this this statue is 10.62 inches tall. You can pre-order it through Big Bad Toy Store. And it's supposed to be released uh, in October of this year. So there's a little bit of a wait, but uh, you should check it out, man. She's looking pretty hot. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that does it for the news. Very cool. All right, let's get on to some listener responses. I'll go first. Elizabeth Nikolaevich says, one of the, oh, this is about last week's episode with the ash baby inside the big woman fight <laughs> mm. so elizabeth nikolaevich says one of the best steps yet the ash baby ash fight via the babysitter corpse was hysterical yeah it was mm -hmm. crazy Derek o'neill o'neill's represent thanks for reading my question he's saying that because we we uh you know interviewed ariel carver o'neill yeah yeah this episode was fantastic. The baby babysitter bowling ball scene had to be in my top moments of the series. I had to ask the writer, Luke Caltill. Is that how you say that? Sure. Luke Caltill, how he got away with it. Here's his answer. Thanks, Derek. It was a group effort by ourselves. The Ash vs. Evil Dead writers are disgusting, but as a team, we're downright shameful. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to take the full blame. Yeah. <laughs> Laura South says, Hey guys, you were talking about whether or not it made sense to have Ruby stalking Ash through his life. Well, I thought that the time travel at the end of last season changed Ruby's path and made her stalk him instead of just going after him like she did in the first time stream. Maybe she was searching for the book first before trying to attack Ash since she didn't find it until the start of this season. Love you guys. I'm glad I'm caught up with the podcast. And the second oh, email yeah. at, at, uh, talks about the same thing. 
Yeah, Matthew Rep says, It's important to note that this current ruby isn't the same ruby from Season 1. After Ash and company traveled back in time in Season 2, she, with Bill, got -hmm. much closer to Ash and the prophecy than the original Season 1 ruby. I know it's a cheap rationalization, but hey, whatever works. Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. (laughs) That actually might make sense, yeah. If ruby number 2 encountered ash and i think that was back in the 60s or something right when they were at the cabin and the first ruby got killed and that then she already knew who he was and so then she could go and stalk him after that so that i think that actually might make sense good call guys wow mofavo says absolutely love the toy duck making a child's toy sinister and creepy is so amazing yeah that's right, they did, huh? They did a good job of that. John Bucket, that kid's head popping out all over with a cheeky giggle. This show, smiley face. <laughs> Tina Karari says, I could not stop thinking about you three hosts while that baby crawled inside of that woman <laughs> because of your reactions to the morgue scene. Love this episode. Lots of classic Evil Dead shout-outs, boomstick, close-up on the deer head, and the perfect song to end, to end the episode, Iggy Pops, The Passenger. Yeah, more good music choices. Oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about the music in this episode. That was good, too. Steve Brown, I wish they had gotten the rights for greatest love of all for the fight scene with Baby Ash. You know, the children are our future. <laughs> <laughs> that fight scene was so good and so wrong. Perfect Ash versus Evil Dead. I'm not sure about Pablo. He did not take the dagger with him when he left, though. Where did he go? Yeah, he just kind of showed up in this episode, huh? And then uh, finally, uh, Steve Brown says, uh, Brandy calling Ash dad was great. I agree. And our friend Megan Ludwig says, You were right. This episode was amazing. Very old school, evil dead. I know you don't see the afterwards, but how they worked with the multiple three-year-olds they had was really interesting. They needed a few because what one wouldn't do, another would. So one kid would scream on demand, only one would put on the chainsaw, only one would do goo, and only one would sit in the trunk if they closed it for filming. That's why they look different. Yeah. That's that's what you saw in that video. Exactly. The video (laughs) of how they did it, put the link up, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thanks, you guys, for writing in. It was cool to get so many uh, comments and everything. Now let's go into next week on Ashford's Evil Dead. Next episode is titled Twist and Shout. Ruby's latest creation is her most diabolical plan yet to turn Brandy against Ash. Pablo suspects something isn't right with Kelly when she meets him and Ash at the school. And chaos ensues when evil shows up at the dance. Sounds Ooh. great. And dance. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I like it. Classic horror scenario. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> how much uh, Brandy has to do with that, to turn Brandy against Ash at a school. Yeah. Dance. Wow. That's going to yeah. be cool. Going back to the school. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it as soon as we finish this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. It's getting hard not to watch these shows. It's like, I know. let me watch it, please. <laughs> that's our show episode 32 thanks for listening everybody next week uh chris will be back and i'll be gone yay (laughs) so i'm going to chicago walker stalker 
In the meantime, if you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. Find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out the other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. You can find Jason's Walking Dead podcast there, and you can find Chris's at talkingdeadpodcast.com. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. The Wally Souls! Wally Souls!